koozie. All the world news that's fit to bubble. I'm Leela Shushanka Prickett. And I'm Lindy Prickett. This week on Newsy Jacuzzi, it's all about voting in elections, communicating with pets, and strange things up in space. That's right, we'll figure out how people are voting and whose votes count in the big U.S. election. We'll also take a dive back in time and find out how women got the right to vote and who the suffragettes were. Hiya! Oops, I gave it away. There's also tech news for pet lovers, a new app that tells you what your pet is thinking. And not just that, find out how you can make a cat smile. Sort of. And it's a bird. It's a plane. No, no, no. It's a special nugget up in space and a star man circling around Mars. So let's get cracking. First up, of course, is the... Big News Story of the Week. What you doing, Mama? Well, I'm voting. For what? Your favorite ice cream from Chubby Cheeks? <laughs> no. Salted caramel would win by a landslide, obviously. Whereas what I'm voting for, it could be tight. Whoa, is that your ballot for the U.S. presidential election? Yep. We're in the last round of the election fight. In the red corner, we have Republicans Donald Trump and Mike Pence up against Democrats Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the blue corner. You've been paying attention. Oh yeah, and even though there have been elections all over the world, from New Zealand to Bolivia, it's the U.S. election fight that the world is watching. Because what happens in America can affect so many other countries in so many different ways. And there's less than two weeks to go until... Election Day! (laughs) (laughs) But you're voting now. I always vote early. Because I live overseas, just like thousands of Americans. We're used to voting by mail or even by email, depending on which state we come from. And it's not so unusual. Even Americans living in America vote by mail. In fact, 25% of votes were by mail in the last election. A lot of people don't realize that. But that number will go up this year, right? Because of the nasty old coronavirus and people being afraid of going to vote in crowded places? You got it. And some people are voting early in the old-fashioned way, with special electronic voting machines in places that opened early. Yeah, we've seen videos of people standing in line sometimes all day long to vote. I know. These are strange times. The craziest thing will be that unlike past elections, where pretty much we've known who's won within a few hours, it could take days for all the votes by mail to come in and be counted. Unless one candidate gets a lot more votes than the other person. Yes and no. It's true if there's a clear winner in the race, way ahead of the other candidate, it will be easier to call to tell who's won. But it's not necessarily the person who gets the most votes. Uh Well, let's cut across to some of our podcast cousins for a bit more on this. There's that great general knowledge podcast for kids called Curious Kid, a little like us in that it's a child parent team. And they've just produced a full episode on how the U.S. election works. Take it away, Olivia. And her dad, Jacob. So let me guess. On election day, whoever gets the most votes wins. Is that right? That would be too simple, but that's not the case. What you are suggesting is called a popular vote. In other words, let's say you had nine friends over at the house. 
Some of your friends want to play tag, and some of them want to play hide and seek. You decide the fair thing to do is to see which game is more popular. So you ask your friends to vote. Five friends want tag, and four want hide and seek. It looks like we're playing tag. <laughs> What you just did was called a popular vote. That's not how election day works, though. In fact, there have been several times in our history that the president that won the popular vote did not actually win on election day. In fact, it happened in 2016 when Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton earned almost three million votes, more than Donald Trump, but lost the election. How is that even possible? It's because we use something called the electoral college to vote for president. Thanks, you guys. If you want to take a deep dive on that, do look up Curious Kid, singular as in just one kid, for the full scoop. But in a nutshell, the electoral college is a way of redistributing the votes a little bit across the 50 states, so that even the ones with very few people in it get represented. Hmm, I'm not sure that seems fair. Well, it's meant to make sure the candidates don't ignore rural places and just focus all their attention on big, crowded states like Texas or California. But there were miles and miles of land that turned into states over a hundred years ago just to make sure one party got more representation. So there are many people who believe there needs to be reform. It's complicated. It can be, but the most important thing to remember is to vote. To vote. To vote. Indeed. Yes. And if you don't vote, you lose your right to complain, right? <laughs> you said it. It's a privilege of democracy to elect your leaders, and it's not a right we've always had. Long, long ago, it was only the rich or those born to certain parents who got to vote and make decisions. Royalty. Yeah, and even when America and other countries were founded as a democracy, loads of people weren't allowed to vote. What? Like who? Like me. <gasps> in fact, it was a hundred years ago in America that women were granted the right to vote with the 19th Amendment or change to the U.S. Constitution of Laws, and they had to fight to get it. Fight? Yep. And now we're going to have another guest from another American podcast, Mick from the terrific history show with the best name ever, The Past and the Curious. <laughs> yes, because you see, the struggle for women's suffrage, which is a fancy way to say the right to vote, began long before 1920, and it wasn't just in America. Last century, women all over the world were fighting for the right to vote. And in Britain, when I say fight, I mean fight. Some people were so angry about women speaking out and demanding suffrage that the women were often attacked, even beaten, or arrested. While in jail, many went on hunger strikes, which means they refused to eat, and authorities had to devise terrible ways to force them to do so. In Britain, many of the suffragist women learned martial arts like jujitsu to protect themselves while protesting. This was often called suffragitsu. In America, other things helped change people's minds. Susan B. Anthony, one of the early leaders of the movement, would never have the right to vote in her lifetime, 
but she knew a good thing for women when she saw one. To her and many others, the bicycle was the most important invention in women's independence because women started leaving the home on their own and did so not in dresses, but pants or trousers for you British listeners. What at first was a scandal became the norm. And that's often how movements happen, gradually. These cultural changes, along with the hard work of women who challenged the powers in America daily with letters, one-on-one confrontations, and huge marches in Washington, D.C. led to the ultimate goal of the 19th Amendment. It's important to note, however, that the 19th Amendment did not grant all women the right to vote in America. Many African-American, Chinese-American, and Native American women would not have the right to vote until the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Thanks so much for that, Mick. Do check out The Past and the Curious for more stories on American history and lore. Yeah, my favorite one was the history of the potato chip. Oh, yeah. I like the ghost ship one, too, and, of course, the history of bloomers. And while we're shouting out, there's a pretty cool website just created by a network of homeschoolers called theyellowroses.com that celebrates 100 years of voting rights for women and has some pretty cool craft ideas, but even better, the Suffrage Storybook Theater for anyone who wants to hear more. What's that? I'll tell you what, that's the halftime bell, which means it's time to hear what's making news around the rest of the world. Hold on tight, it's Around, around the, the World, world in 80 Seconds. seconds. Hold Google is in the naughty corner. The U.S. government has filed anti-competition charges against the tech company, accusing it of not playing fair in the open market. A 12-year-old Canadian boy made the discovery of his lifetime when he was hiking with his father and found a dinosaur skeleton, part of a hadrosaur, dating back 69 million years. Speaking of discoveries, the figure of a massive cat has been discovered in the South American country of Peru. Scientists believe the geolith was made by digging the outline deep into the desert floor some 2,000 years ago. It's not alone, but joins other geoliths in the Nazca area. Staying in Peru, some people just never give up. A Japanese tourist was about to visit the ancient mountain city of Machu Picchu when the pandemic shut everything down. So the boxing instructor decided to hang out and wait, teaching local children his moves while he waited. Well, he was rewarded by being the first person up in seven months. And talk about a grueling long-haul flight. A GPS tracker revealed a big noisy bird called a godwit flew 11 days from Alaska to New Zealand non-stop. The incredibly efficient birds shrink their internal organs to lighten their load. Dun, 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 and thank you very much for that trip around the world in news. And now it's time for... Technology news. Technology news. Technology news. Ow, 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 ow. What's that? Mama, are you finally agreeing to let me have a dog? <laughs> Not exactly. That's one of our very animated and talented tech reporters getting ready to bring us 
a super cool story about pets and artificial intelligence. Ooh! But first, do you know what artificial intelligence, or AI as it's also called, actually is? Yeah, like robots or computers that play chess. Well, sort of. It's when computing is used to make a device do something on its own. So whether a computer playing chess or a robot that looks like a person, or a self-driving car, even a household appliance, like an AI vacuum cleaner, Hoover, being programmed to constantly scan the floor for any small rubbish to suck up. What's this got to do with dogs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, for that, we need to go to... Ah, Maya Soda, one of our tech correspondents. Take it away, Maya. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. So here's the question. How many times have you played with a pet and wondered what they were thinking? Hello, sweetie. Are you hungry? Do you want to play ball? Well, thanks to a new app, this can now happen. It was developed by some super smart professors from the University of Melbourne in Australia. It's called Happy Pets. It uses artificial intelligence and something called facial recognition. Here's how. First, the developers took loads of pictures of animals so that the app could tell the difference between an animal and a car or a human. Hello. <laughs> but they had to take even more pictures so that the app could learn to tell the difference between different breeds like a chihuahua and a bulldog. But here's where it gets interesting. They also took pictures of the animals when they were in different moods. Then they assigned these different emotions to the pictures, basically teaching the app how to tell the difference. For example, if a dog tightens its eyes and mouth while changing the position of its ears in a particular way, that's the sign of being scared. And there's several more emotions than scared. That's happy, sad, angry, or just neutral, like a chillaxing kind of mood. So now you can know the difference between your pet's whimper and whine. In Mumbai, this is Nea Sodha reporting for Newsy Jacuzzi. Thanks, Maya. Yeah, thanks. That was super cool tech news. Hey, maybe you should use that on one of your cats, Leela. Yes, please. Can you get it? Please, please, please. We'll see. But actually, Mama, I know how to communicate with my cats. Oh, right. Of course you do. The Happy Pets app isn't the only animal news this week. But for that, we'll have to head outside because it's time for... The World of Wow. wow. In other words, science. You're kitty kitty, hello, my lovelies. Yes, you are. Yes. So, Leela, how many cats do you have? Or I should say, how many stray cats do you care for? Seven. And they're not stray, they're mine. You just won't let them live inside, that's all. Well, they're not exactly domesticated. They're pretty wild. Hmm. Well, do you know what a group of cats is called? No, I don't actually. What? Clowder. Clowder? Huh, I didn't know that. And there's another word for it. Go on. 
a glaring, as in glare. Oh, yes, that's more apt. I can see them glaring right now. Hey, is my mama being mean to you? Oh, well, I still love you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <coughs> <clears throat> oh, yes. <laughs> a glaring is used if the cats are, let's say, um, let's put it like this, uncertain of each other. And then they glare. <laughs> yes, yes, all right. Okay, I've got one. One what? Another fab cat fact. <laughs> let's hear it then. Well, you know cats have been domesticated since prehistoric times, like 10,000 years ago before things were even written down. Historians believe the ancient Egyptians domesticated cats and used them to retrieve the birds they hunted and, of course, catch rats and mice. And then the trend spread over to Europe. Well, I wonder if any of those ancients knew the cat eyes trick. The what? When a new study from England's University of Sussex has confirmed something cat lovers have known for a long time. That yes, you can bond with your cat by sending them a slow blink. Really? Oh yeah, you can get your cat to smile back. Look, by narrowing my eyes really slowly and giving a little blink. See? Little rascal smile back. That? All she did was blink back. She didn't exactly show you her pearly white teeth, thank goodness. Mama, it's a smile for a cat. That's how they do it. And according to the study, it makes the owner more attractive to their pet. Isn't that right, little rascal? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, cats aren't the only creatures whose communication is being studied. Another team of scientists confirmed the amazing bond between dogs and humans. When a dog owner or pet parent says, I love you, the dog's heart rate soars. And cuddling your pooch also has a calming effect on both the owner's and the pets. Well, I think that study ought to include cats next time, too. Hm. Meow. And since we're nearly at the end of the show, it's time we do the odd news of the week. Step right up, step right up, step right up. Right up. Right up. Have a go, the lucky dip machine. The lucky dip machine. What's it going to be today, eh? An oddball, no doubt. An oddball, no doubt. Yes, the Lucky Dip Machine is in a spacey move today. What? There's nothing odd about space stories. It's all very straight-laced science stuff up there. Oh, yeah? Well, then sit back and buckle up. Yep, this is not a joke. But it's also not a woman or a man. But a mannequin, of course. Dressed in an astronaut suit and seated inside a red Tesla Roadster. It's been cruising across the Milky Way since being blasted into space almost two years ago. Starman's snazzy vehicle actually belonged to Elon Musk, the founder of SpaceX and Tesla, before it was repurposed for greater things. It's traveled nearly 1.3 billion miles. Well, now Starman is near Mars, but that's not the only weird thing in space. We've put mannequins, astronauts, and even chimpanzees into orbit, but that's nothing compared to the latest space traveler. The Chicken Nugget, reaching heights more than 110,000 feet above Earth. If that wasn't odd enough for you, then how did it get there, you ask? Oh no, not a rocket, but a balloon. No, 
not in the ordinary birthday balloon. It was filled with hydrogen that's lighter than air. So it could carry the little nugget up, complete with satellite tracking and camera. Really, even chicken nuggets are obsessed with selfies. And what scientific endeavor prompted this hour-long cosmic journey, you may ask? A 50th anniversary of a supermarket chain. I guess it was a birthday balloon after all. And it's time to wrap up the podcast with the, the top, top five facts heard today. today. Fab fact number one. Voting by mail is not rare in the U.S. 25% of Americans did so in the 2016 election. Fab fact number two. U.S. elections are not determined by the number of individual votes, but by election delegates, known as the Electoral College, in effort to ensure states with a small population can have a strong voice. Fab fact number three. Suffragettes were people campaigning for women to get the right to vote. Sometimes they had to use martial arts, like jiu-jitsu, to protect themselves while protesting, which was nicknamed suffragitsu. Fab fact number four. This year is the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which was the change made to the U.S. Constitution to allow women the right to vote. Although many African-American and Native American women didn't get the right until 1965. Fab fact number five. A group of cats is called a clouder. Or when a group of cats is uncertain of each other, it's called a glaring. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Newsy Jacuzzi. And instead of shout-outs from our listeners, we've got a special message to play at the end of our episode, so keep listening. And keep rating and reviewing. Not just because we love hearing from you, but subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcast helps other people to find us and encourages us to keep going. Oh, yeah. And don't forget about our new Facebook community page at Newsy Jacuzzi. Feel free to join the conversation and leave a message there, too. Alrighty then. See you next weekend at Newsy Jacuzzi. Hey, grown-ups, we are Kids Listen. The grassroots organization of kids podcasters bringing your little ones and you high-quality audio content every day. And we just got to ask you a question. If you live in the United States, what's your voting plan for the upcoming election? Did you know Election Day is Tuesday, November 3rd? Did you know in many states you can vote early? Did you know that you can vote by mail? Did you know in many states you can still register to vote if you haven't already? Head to vote.org now to check and see your status. Find out where you'll be voting, if you plan to vote in person, and if you plan to mail in your ballot, find out the deadline. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. That's vote.org. Make your voting plan today.